Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, everybody. I hope this uh, this morning finds you in uh, good spirits and uh, wanting to overcome in life, wanting to get the best out of life. Remember, Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and life in all its fullness. But he did say that uh, the devil comes to kill and steal and destroy, which shows us that Jesus actually believed in a real devil uh, and a personal devil. And he tells us what the work of the devil is. And so often society looks at what's going wrong in this world and they blame God. And God's saying, no, I've already told you what's going on. And you, you've got to learn, you've got to know who you're fighting. You've got to know uh, what God's about, bringing life and increase and adding value to your life. And uh, and what the enemy's up to, the enemy of mankind and the enemy of God Almighty, Satan, who's a fallen angel. And he comes to steal, to kill and destroy. I wonder if he's been stealing your faith uh, during lockdown, where he's getting you to... Does God really exist? And he gets you on your own. And so many people now throughout the world have been on their own for so long. And the enemy plays with your mind. And that's the Bible says that's where the spiritual battle takes place within your mind. And the enemy speaks to us just like the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And so we've got to discern who's speaking. And so often we believe many, many lies. And that's why on days like today, I love to preach and speak the truth because the truth will not lie down and the truth will resonate in ordinary people's hearts in, in in people's hearts that are wanting to receive from God Almighty and uh, you know Jesus came from heaven and if he had come from earth would have loved him because he'd have been clubbing like the rest of us but he didn't he came from heaven and and because he came from heaven he brings a perspective that's not of this earth and so we try to fit our earthly life into his message and it doesn't fit. And we have to learn to submit to his word. And we are a bunch of rebels. You know, the nature of sin is rebellion against God and his word. Did you know that? <laughs> we're, we're full of it. And so, we, you know, when you, when you first give your life to Jesus Christ, you begin to realize just how much of it is in you. And then you start to hear truth and you begin to trust the truth. I've just been talking to my preachers within Global and I've said, you know, there is truth outside of the Bible. And just because it's not in the Bible doesn't make it not true. Of course, it's true. But the Bible is truth about God and truth uh, about man's state, how man got to be like he is. It's it's the truth about how we came to be and why things are uh, in the world. And so it's it's limited itself as the bible to man's salvation how man can reconnect with god and the whole story of mankind and uh, for those who have got ears to hear and hearts that are open it'll come to you as good news and um, for those that remain rebellious and saying who does god think he is Do you know what he never justifies himself he just is and he speaks his word and his word is like a lifeline to you and i want to say today think again come back to the word again fresh and 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 
you know, try to be open because if you will, then God will speak to you through his word. And I want to look at how did Jesus bring his message of hope and life and increase to ordinary people like you and me. And he did it. He, 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 he reached successful people and people that had, had really got their act together in many ways. Uh, but how did he do it? And I want to have a look. And some of my preachers will be bringing messages uh, uh, alongside this to explain how did Jesus reach people? Because I want I want to know that because I want a global church to spread throughout the world, and we do that by spreading the gospel. And so I want us to know how to do it. So let's have a look at the master, Jesus Christ, the greatest communicator the world has ever known. John chapter four, he says the Pharisees, Pharisees were the uh, leading religious party of Israel of that time. And they were the Puritans. <clears throat> and the Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John the Baptist. Although in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea, which is south in Israel, it's southern Israel. And he went back once more to Galilee. So Judea is full of uh, uh, Jewish people uh, and the temples there. And it's very strict and strong in its faith. And then you, the further north you get to Galilee, it's, it's Galilee was known as Galilee of the Gentiles, of the other nations. It was like the crossroads and intersection where people came through from all other faiths and all of the backgrounds and some, some non-faith backgrounds also, you know, and it was where, where business went on. And, um, and so, you know, it wasn't uh, always liked. It wasn't always the greatest of places. And, and now uh, Jesus, uh, the Bible says, Jesus had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in, in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. These are two outstanding characters in the Old Testament. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. They'd nip down to the local McDonald's. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? And John just puts in brackets here, For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Why? Because several hundred years before Christ came, the northern kingdom uh, of Israel, the ten tribes, got took into captivity uh, by the Assyrians, and, uh, and 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 so they were dominated by them. But but the uh, the intermingled, the the uh, interbred with the Assyrians. So you've got Jews that were not fully Jewish, according to the southern Jews, and they were like you've compromised, and uh, you can't even trace your, your genealogy properly because it's part Assyrian. And, uh, and and from another religion. And so that, that was a, a, a big thing for them. And also it was a trouble spot with Samaria. And that's where uh, you used to get hijacked or uh, people would, would uh, rob you and stuff like that. And Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan 
Today we're looking at a story of the Bad Samaritan, the Katie Price of the New Testament. No offence to Katie Price, but I want to say the, the parallels are just very similar, that this woman's love life was the talk of the town. And, uh, you know, we all know about Katie Price's love life. And, you know, if Katie Price is listening today, we only want the best for you. And uh, there's absolutely no judgment coming from us. We've lived a life, many of us, within Global. And um, but what we're saying is we've all been looking at the same thing. We look for satisfaction. We look for security and we're looking for significance. And uh, as I look at, at celebrities like Katie Price, like Robbie Williams, those are the three things that they're looking for. And so are you and so am I. And they can be found in Jesus Christ. We try to find security and significance and satisfaction in relationships or certain lifestyles. Even if you've got all the money in the world, which will be a beautiful thing, or lots of money be a beautiful thing, but even if you've got all that, if you've no purpose, then you, you, you're missing and you're not living a full life. And uh, so we are pro people, we're not against people, but I do wanna say that this woman, um, she was the talk of the town. So we're just gonna look at her life. And uh, Jesus spoke to her. So, not, so here's a man speaking to a woman and men in those days should never even have spoken to his wife in public and never mind somebody else's wife because of what other men think. I'm just quoting somebody uh, from years and years ago who gave us the, 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 the background to, to the, this kind of society that, that Jesus was living in at that time. So Jesus, a man speaking to a woman and a Jew speaking to a Samaritan. And so he is crossing social boundaries. Why? Because this woman's salvation is important to his father in heaven and to Jesus. And Jesus is on a, a, a divine calendar and he prayed. He used to get up early in the morning and pray for his father's will. What do, you, what do you want me to do? Jesus did not have to travel through Samaria, you know. There were three other options, two other options, I should say. But he chose to go through Samaria. He'd come from Jerusalem through Judea he's choosing to go through Samaria and then to Galilee of the Gentiles and later on he's going to say to his disciples you know stay in Jerusalem and wait until you've been filled with power from on high and you'll be my witnesses when you receive the Holy Spirit you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem Judea Samaria and to the ends of the earth it's almost prophetic what Jesus is doing and he comes and he finds this woman and he says that Jesus tired weary sat down and hungry the disciples went off for food but Jesus hangs around and uh, and he meets this woman well she just it just happened it's one of those it just happened to be in the right place at the right time or maybe she was in the right place at the right time meeting the Messiah awesome and as Jesus begins to speak to her uh, and engage her he taught he, he asked her first and foremost for help he just said, will you give me a drink? Because he's thirsty. And Jesus often broke into people's lives by asking for help. He broke into Peter's life saying, can I borrow your boat? Because Jesus was preaching to the crowds and they were getting closer and closer. And he's on the beach in Galilee and he's thinking, we're just going to keep coming this way and this way. So he says, let me get into the boat and then I can be a bit a bit higher and I can uh, they can hear my voice. And uh, there isn't a crowding right in. And he borrowed Peter's boat. And from that boat, 
because Peter lent in the boat, Jesus just provided a, a miracle that, that, that gave Peter so much more, so much, so much more fish and, and uh, fish meant money. And so he really added value to Peter's business that day and Peter's partners in business as well. It's fantastic. But Jesus asked for help. In Jericho, when he entered Jericho, he saw Zacchaeus up a tree and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must come to your house for my lunch. <laughs> and Jesus there, putting himself as vulnerable to people and asking for help. When was the last time you as a believer asked for help of somebody? Because I know so often what we think in evangelical circles and charismatic church circles is that we've got to have all our act together. Because how are people who don't have faith, how are they ever going to uh, believe that God's true if, if, if we're not together? And it's like, you know, God is perfect, but we're not. And we've got to learn to relax in our humanity. We've got to humble ourselves and ask for help when we need help. Instead of just waiting for other people to ask us for our help so that we can be such a blessing to them. <laughs> we've got to learn to receive as well, I suppose. But it's fascinating with this woman because she's saying, you know, you're a Jew and, and, you know, you ask me for a drink. I'm a Samaritan woman. Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Well, he's stirring up the curiosity now, but how does he do it? He starts from where she's at. And so often preachers and people sharing the faith we start where we're at and it's people to catch up with us or to get on our wavelength. No, Jesus started where she was at. She'd come for water. So he starts talking about water, but his is slightly different. He called it living water. So he's arousing curiosity within her. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with. She's straight back onto the practicals. Living water. It, clearly that doesn't mean H2O. I'd have been saying, what do you mean? What do you mean this living water? She, well, well, you've nothing to draw with. Uh, 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 where can I get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well? She's all muddled within her faith as a Samaritan believing in, in, uh, in Jacob being, you know, such a, a, a patriarch, such an amazing person. And she's like, we, we sort of follow him because this is his well. We're actually touching his well. How amazing is that, Jesus? And so, but like so many people in this world, they're muddled by religion. And she, so, so that she's mixing it all and, and saying, you want water? You've nothing to draw with. How's all this going to happen? And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. So his, his truth is cutting through. He's making sense of his message for her. And he's saying, whoever drinks this water again will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Wow. And so now Jesus is really getting into his message and, and trying to draw her out of the practical things of every day. And he's pulling her into his message. And he's saying, you know, you're looking for water that sustains life. You've got a thirst that's so deep. Oh, just give us water. It's a hot day. I just want water to quench my thirst and so many people have tried this and that in life why because they have a thirst for life 
They're looking for more than what they've, they've got. They have desires that are unfulfilled. And so they try this and that. They try sleeping around. They try drugs. They try, you know, getting high. They try booze. They try, uh, get, you know, becoming, uh, you know, spotlight people. people. They want to be celebrities. They want to be, if they can't get it by fair means, they'll get it by foul means. And not necessarily on the world stage. Sometimes people just want to be a celebrity in their own town. Maybe that's you. That was definitely me. I wanted to be the big clown of Darwin. I wanted to be the art, the, 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 the kind of, the, uh, uh, the party animal of Darwin. And I was for a few years. Um, but hey ho, nobody ever knew, <laughs> nobody knew me outside of Darwin. But why was I doing that? Because I had a thirst. And it was more than beer. I had a thirst for satisfaction and I couldn't get it and maybe that's you today and Jesus says to you whoever drinks the water that I'll give him will never thirst again I've drunk of that water it's eternal water he's using our language to bring his message and I've drunk of that water at 19 years old I, be, I gave my life to Christ and I found peace and satisfaction overnight and isn't it strange that as time goes on, that peace and satisfaction, they've never left me. But I have desires for greater things. I have desire for more. And it's just like Genesis where God says, I'm going to bless you, Adam and Eve. I'll bless the human race. And that is that, that blessing means I will empower you to multiply and increase yourself and what you have. And so many people increase, increase what they have. They never increase themselves. And today, I want to challenge you to give your life to Jesus Christ. Because he will, he will quench that thirst. He will add value to your life. And he will give you the boldness to break free from your present situation. What other people think of you even. And, 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 and give you confidence to say, I'm going to live my life. And I'm going to live it to the full. Anyway, this woman... She's saying to Jesus, notice the process. She knows that he's a man. She can see he's a Jew. She asks him, she asks him for a drink of water. And he said, to drink of this living water. And he said, go call your husband. She's seen him as a man. And she's asked the question, are you greater than Jacob? And Jesus doesn't particularly answer that. He just keeps going with his message. Now that he's got her curiosity aroused. And as he comes through with his message, She's saying, well, give me this water. I want what you're offering. And he says, go call your husband. And she says, I'm not married. And in all this conversation, this is the shortest thing that she says back, the shortest answer, because she's embarrassed and she's cringing. And she's saying, I'm not married. And Jesus said, no, that's true. You're not married. But you have been married five times. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. It's true what you've just said. And she said, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. So she's moved from him just being a man, being somebody greater than the patriarch, Jacob, now to being a prophet. A prophet was somebody who stood in the presence of God. And then when he went out, he spoke a message to a town, a village, a city, an individual, a king. And when he spoke God's word, things happened. People really respected uh, the prophet or the man of God. Verse 19 of John chapter 4, Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. Then she starts talking about worship. And you Jews said that you should worship in Jerusalem. It's interesting what Jesus has to say about that. He lets her talk about worship because it's the most intimate thing. 
and most selfless thing we're capable of as human beings. Jesus said, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. And Jesus is, is um, letting, letting us know that there's that where, where salvation comes from, what religion it comes from. Salvation comes from the Jews. The Jews are God's chosen people. It doesn't mean that they're perfect people or even nice people, but they're God's chosen people. And God chose a family, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the patriarch. And through that family, um, they, he took them into Egypt with Joseph. And from Joseph, uh, as, as, as Joseph was, was in Egypt, uh, a, a whole nation was born. And then at the Exodus, through the Exodus, as they left Egypt and they went through the, uh, the, the, the sea on dry ground, a nation was born. And that nation became to know, uh, be known as Israel. And uh, and and uh, so Jesus is saying that, that salvation comes from the Jews. And yet a time is coming, Jesus said, and has now come when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. In other words, the Father, Jesus' Father in heaven, is looking for authentic worshippers. People who worship God and when they've done wrong, they go and put them things right. If they've cheated people out of just being weak in a situation where they've given in to themselves, they go back and they put it right. And it's that, and then they come to worship. Nobody ever claims to be perfect as a Christian. But you know what? We're called to put things right in our lives. What about you today? You say, God's, God used to be so close to me and now he just seems so distant. He'd never moved. So what did you allow into your life to cause that to happen? There's a gap come between you and God. It's a psychological gap, but it's a gap. And there's something that you need to put right. There'll be part of God's word that you're compromising with. Maybe your friends have told you that it's wrong to do this or wrong to, to do that. And you're determined to do your own thing. Maybe you even use the term, well, God understands. And yet you're finding that the intimacy with God has gone. And God is looking for people with authenticity. Not perfect people, but people who, who, uh, who, who are open and honest, even about their sin and their mistakes. We don't have to tell everybody, but we need to tell somebody. We certainly need to tell God and put things right in our lives. So Jesus comes to this woman and, you know, her life is not the greatest Christian life going. She, she's just beginning to find faith in Christ and... Um, she, she, she gets that he's a man. She gets he's greater than, than Jacob. And she sees that he's a prophet. And then Jesus comes and he's saying, uh, God is spirit and his worshippers must worship him in spirit and in truth. With authenticity. Not just a good art, but with truth. And otherwise, we start to make God up of our own imagination. And that's just idolatry. We allow God to speak through the scriptures. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you, am he. In other words, he uses the very name of God. He says, I am. That was the name that God gave to Moses. 
when Moses was commanded to go and release Israel from the power, uh, the superpower called Egypt. And Moses said, who shall I say sent me? You know, when people don't believe that I'm sent by God, what's your name? What shall I tell them? And God says, tell them, uh, I am sent you. And that's, we don't get that in English, but that means I am, any, I am everything that you'll need me to be. He is, he is all possessed. He is all powerful. He is, he is all knowing. And um, Jesus used that phrase, I am, uh, at least seven times in John's gospel. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the door. If anyone walks in by me, he shall be saved. What about you today? Are you saved? Are you being saved from your addictions? Because the Holy Spirit can help you with that. Are you being saved from your greed? Are you being saved from your lusts? Are you being saved from your negativity? Are you being saved from your mind monsters? Jesus is the greatest saviour. Jesus saves and he wants to save your life today. But will you come to him? I'm inviting you today. We always do every week. We invite people to give their life to Jesus Christ. Well, this woman, she she's absolutely blown away. She's like, I found the Messiah. She, the Bible says she left her water jar. Why? Because she knew she was coming back. And she ran into the town and she said to everybody, come and see the man who told me everything about my life. Because that's how it felt on her. It, it, it felt like she put a spotlight on her and, and shone right into the, the different corridors and chasms of her life. And, and brought light and she's like, he knows me. And she talked, went, went into the village, come see the man. And all the women are going, oh, here we go again. Number six, he's on his way out. <laughs> she's found number seven. And, uh, and they followed her back out and uh, they met with Jesus. And they begged Jesus to stay for two more days. And do you know what? He did. That's what I love about the God of the Christians. You can touch him. You can ask him things. Jesus changed his schedule for this whole village. And uh, this is what they said about, about Jesus. He said, verse 39 of chapter 4 of John's Gospel. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. That's all she said to them. Not really deep theology there for the deep, deep joy boys, but do you know it was enough? So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay uh, two more days. Uh, and, it, and it says, and, and because of his words, many more became believers because of Jesus's words. You know, I've heard the slogan that says, preach the gospel and you use words if you need to. Well, I want to say words are important when you're spreading the gospel. It was Jesus's words that helped them to become believers. Verse 42. They said to the woman, this is the townsfolk, they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. We now have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. These are a marginalised people, the Samaritans, and Jews were the chosen people. And everybody knew the God of the Jews was for the God of the Jews. But what the Jews should have said is, no, he's not just our God, he's the God of the whole world. But they kept it to themselves. And so many Christians are like that. 
He's my God. And they're quite happy for God to do things for them. And I'm here today to trumpet the call and say, no, we've got to take the gospel to the whole world. He's the God, like it says here, he's the saviour of the whole world. The saviour of the whole world. And maybe today you've never known Jesus Christ as your Lord and your saviour. And you can get to know him today, just like these people. And I want the church in global, I want you to realise this this Samaritan woman knew precious little about Jesus. You know far more than she, she did at this point. But she did something with what she knew. She went and told everybody. And these weren't even her friends. Not even her colleagues. Not even distant friends. These were people that laughed at her. But she went to them with the gospel. And it transformed that whole community. And that's my vision for people in London, for people in Paris, for people in uh, all the capital cities of the world. And so I want to just waken us up within global and say, let's be like this Samaritan woman. Let's go and tell everybody, all the people in our world, what Jesus Christ has done for us. Let's lead them to Christ. You know, this morning I can't pass up the opportunity to give you the opportunity to give yourself to Jesus Christ. I'm going to invite you to say this prayer after me. I'll say it, you just amen it. Amen simply means I agree. You, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me when you died on the cross. You paid the price for all my sins. I couldn't find forgiveness for myself. I couldn't give forgiveness to myself. Only you can forgive me for the sins I've committed against you and against people. And I receive that forgiveness today. And I open the door of my heart and I ask that you'll send your Holy Spirit to come and live within me. To give me the assurance that I'm right with you. And to give me the power to follow you every day. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And you can say Amen. If you said that prayer, do get in touch with us. And uh, I, want you, I want people to find the, the risen Christ. He's real. And um, we can't see him, um, but we can know him. And I want to encourage you to, to find Christ. And if you're a believer, I want to encourage you to help other people to find Christ. Keep watching these next few weeks because you're going to be hearing talks about how Jesus and the disciples brought the good news to people. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 